great. What's, really what's the name? It's called Spamalot, right? Spamalot. Monty oh, Python right. Spamalot. But Fred yeah. thought it was called Cumalot. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's before Fred realized we're being live streamed. Oh, no, he doesn't care. No. <laughs> no, I don't think Fred cares. <laughs> okay. I, I, in fact, I repeated it so in case anyone missed it. <laughs> All right. For those express purposes, that in case yeah. you missed that joke. Got it. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. It's the kind of thing. So, how was I, I can't. I think I've seen the movie, or was it? Was it a movie? Spamalot. It's no. It was Monty Python. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if they actually did. It's like a. It's a musical and a version of the uh, the Holy Grail. Oh, I see. That's right. So it's not. It's not a word for word Holy Grail, but a lot of the bits that are in the the Holy Grail are in the in the show, mm. and the, the dancers were freaking amazing, uh, and the, some of the staging was like, how do they do that? You know, now, I, did you get a Dandoran discount? Did you pay full price, or did you get? And did you worm your uh, way in somehow? Well, there was. We got a discount, but uh, oh, nice! Yeah, it was a discount. It wasn't a Dandoran discount, but it was a discount. We, at who least got, who got you the discount? Bruno Gerussi? <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, you got to turn your mic up. Oh, do I? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. so. Okay. How's that testing? Well, explain two. why why Hello. why Bruno Gerussi because Dan's staying in the Gerussi home or something. No, no, no. It's uh, friends of the people I'm staying with. No, uh, uh, Rico Gerussi. Rico around the corner. Rico, right Rico. yeah. Rico. Rico. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> His yeah. name was Rico. Uh, I did something really embarrassing at that show, by the way. Please tell me. Did you shit your pants? No, no. It was uh, one of those things. I was feeling a little bit cold Mm. because I was so hot all, you know, like it got really hot and humid during the day. And then they had the air conditioning on in the theater and got in there. And so Lisa had a a throw or, you know, something to put around my shoulder because I was wearing short sleeve shirt. And I had a beer in my hand. Uh Uh-huh. And this, the seats are really steep, like a really steep theater kind of seating arrangement. Mm-hmm. So the people right in front, there's a woman right in front of me. And I just happened to hit the beer that I was holding in my hand the wrong way. Yes. And it went flying from my hand. <laughs> <laughs> onto and a woman? Onto a woman in front of me who was not very happy about oh. the whole thing. And both he, she and her friend were making all kinds of. I said, "I'm no, I'm, I'm sorry." And the show was just starting at that. I'm like, just oh, starting. How much so beer did you spill on her? Uh, about about a quarter of a, a beer. It had a lid on it. And right, it was a little bit that got out. So maybe a quarter of the kind of went everywhere. And I picked it up really quick off the ground. But I, it wasn't in, like it didn't fall on her, but it sprayed. It, spl- it sprayed oh. her. You spray your beer sprayed her. Okay, sprayed her. Yeah. But you come to watch. You know, a nice play in the evening in Stratford, and and at the beginning of it, now you're sitting there with sprayed beer on you. It could be annoying. Yeah, yeah. And were they making people? People tend to overreact in those situations, but yeah. Were they making all kinds of clucking noises, like like that kind of thing? Absolutely, there was that. And then her friend next to her went. When she told her what happened, and it was like, you know, but it was all whispers because the show had already <laughs> started, right. so I couldn't really do the whole, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And, and they and, tell intermission to do that. And they turn around, and they, they and you're wearing a shawl, and they're like, that is one ugly granny. 
<laughs> so at intermission, what did you say? Let me. Can I do? Some, what, can I buy you a beer? And would you like your own beer? No, I didn't do that. I just said I, I'm just so sorry. I, I felt so bad, and she she finally said, "Well, you know, I understand. I, I as, as horrible as it was for me, I know that you were feeling bad as well mm. because you had done it." <laughs> No, you should have you 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 said no. It was way more horrible for you. I didn't feel that. Bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't feel that. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then what happened? Anyway, oh, and then she, uh, she all of a sudden a, a theater usher showed up and they're shanging lights around the seat, and I thought, oh no, did she tell them that I, you know, and there was beer or something everywhere or whatever it was? It turned out that she had lost her cell phone mm. on top of that. So now they were in all the confusion. In all, oh, the, well, quite the know. night for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. She'll I, I, never what, forget it. You know what would be great, though? What if it turns out that she and her friend have their own podcast, and they're recording this morning, and they're telling that story about some dude that spilled beer on them at Spamalot. Right. Well, chances are good they have a podcast, believe me. No, exactly. Statistically. <laughs> um, well, Dan Duran, you have really, really come to play today. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto. From our well-equipped Brampton... No, I'm sorry, we've uh, we moved that to my trailer. From in, the hobo uh, trailer. From the hobo trailer. And from a porch in Stratford. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who want to rebrand the show to one letter, but need to find a billionaire who wants to buy the show first. It's Humble and Fred. So let me get this straight. You get to go to, you're, you're at, in Stratford working on somebody's house, doing some renos. You get to stay there and you get to bring your chick for the weekend. She gets to stay there too. Yeah. Wow, man. You have figured it out. Forget our D. By the way, Fred, forget our DIY show. We should do this. Should, this should be the show Air D and D or Air D and B or whatever, where Dan goes and stays in different people's homes, and he gets to live. live the, he never has to buy a house now. He just mm-hmm. Air D and Ds all over the place. He lives in your home while he's fixing it. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's similar to you know uh, that uh, old colleague we had at CFNY. Apparently, he and his wife—that's their business. They they look after the homes of uh, rich and famous people while they're away. They move in, apparently, and they stay at your home while you're away for security reasons. And then they just go from house to house, and they live in these big mansions, apparently, and. Uh, you know they live this highfalutin lifestyle, and it doesn't cost them anything. It's wow. actually it's actually pretty good. That's pretty do good. They, do they actually, do they get paid for that, or just get free yes. accommodation out of you? Oh, you I, I I would imagine. You know they need to eat, so I would imagine there's some money involved as well. It's quite a business. I I remember hearing about them doing that, and I thought you know that is pretty good if you have no children you don't really have any assets it's like why not but in in this scenario in this scenario our friend dan uh actually moves into your home fixes it you pay him to do that while he gets free accommodations eventually he's going to get so good and he'll have a a crew following him around like a a, a, a Mm -hmm. production crew and then he'll be like this is this this is forget the DIY show. This is the show. It's like you, it's a DIY show, but at the same time you get to right. 
go to all these exotic places and fix their houses. Right. I guess there'll be cameras in every room then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people arrive back home and dad says, hey, stay out of my room, eh? Sorry. Dan will have his own rider. It's like all these things he needs in the house. These are the kind of thing I need Costco salmon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Well, Same Daniel, that's night. very good. That's a great story. Spam a lot. You spilled some uh, beer on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Howard, you mentioned Costco. Just an update on that. Um, remember, I had talked about, or we, uh, on our email show, we had received the email about Costco chickens no longer being in the plastic bubble. They were in a bag. Right. And I forget who talked about uh, one of our contributors talked about it and then i commented on it because i was quite aggravated by it as well because with the bubble the plastic bubble you just lift it off and you could cut the chicken but in the bag it was just weird you have to take the whole chicken out of the bag and maybe put it back in anyway to make a long story short doll goes and gets a chicken on uh, maybe thursday or friday and it's back in the bubble the plastic bubble so i was thrilled so i guess you know doll said a lot of people must have complained or something uh uh, so now they're back in the in the plastic bubble, which makes my life a lot easier. Probably, I probably get one a, one a week, eh? One of those. Okay, just hang on a second. I'm, just, I'm, I'm taking notes here. So or the bubble, the bubble chicken was originally in a bubble, and yes. then they put it in a bag. And, bag. and uh, hang on, and now it's back in the bubble. And okay, now it's back okay, in the okay, bubble. Good. Thank you, thank you for that update. At Costco, Brampton, <laughs> but we're you know Brampton, sort of cutting edge. You know, okay, so. I just want to make sure I just got. I just want to make sure I got the bullet points just in case it comes up later. Yeah, I, 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 I've had the uh, the uh, plastic bag version. I plastic bag it. chicken. What? Plastic bag chicken. I liked Why? it better because, well, for one thing, there's less uh, plastic involved. Oh so yeah, it was. It was. I think that's the original reason they did it to uh, mm-hmm. yeah, on, that's on, one. Uh, the use of plastics. But also, it has a Ziploc thing on it. Oh, for so freshness. Can, well, yeah. Well, you can reclose it quite easily. So yeah, you're but not, getting at the chicken's difficult with a knife, like to cut a slice pieces off. This well, I think I they want you to take the chicken out of the plastic bag. Handle it yeah. and then put it back in the bag. Yeah, I guess. So well, I, I, know, I know what you're saying because in the bubble you can actually carve it or carve a piece off of it without taking the whole thing out of the bubble it's in. That's right. Okay, and on a hang- get pu- putting your hands touching sure. the inside of the side of the bag, it's all greasy. Oh, hold on, I have to update my notes. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few things to add to my chicken notes from Costco. Well, I thought it was important to add that um, well, it is. tidbit because it was uh, it was an issue on the email show yeah. uh, Thursday. Um, Dan alluded to uh, us changing our logo to an X, uh, just like Twitter. You wouldn't maybe you didn't know that, Fred, but maybe you saw the story that there's some big announcement. And by the now, way, why an X? I, I was gonna I, I'm gonna tell you it's happened. So I just went oh, to uh, yeah, I just went to Twitter. Uh, just before the show started, and uh, the logo... Now, it's not on... Is it, it still called Twitter, but just the logo is an X? Is that the deal? Or Yes, and but the weird thing oh. is, the... Um, it's not on it's not on individual tweets. It's just the logo at the top of Twitter is an X now. Mm-hmm. The question is a great one. Why is... What was this for? Anyone know? 
He, uh, Elon Musk likes the letter X, like spaced X. Oh, I he see, also, I see. You know, his PayPal was called X.com before he mm. sold that or changed the name to PayPal or whatever. Mm. So, yeah. But, you know, that's a, in my, in my estimation, it's a dumb, it's destroying the brand even more. Well, Dan, do we still call it Twitter or do we just call it, now do we call it X? I don't know. See, well, I, for some people, it will all, well, no matter what they, he calls it, everyone will still call it Twitter the same way that a large percentage of Torontonians or GTAans uh, still refer to it as the Skydome. Like, I, yeah. I, I have to catch myself to call it Rogers Center. Or, yeah, I rarely call it the, that. I call it the Skydome or the Dome. Yeah, I find that. All the people say, yeah, I was, I was down at the Dome. Yeah, very rarely do you hear Roger Center. So does he imagine that we're going to say, like, well, I, you know, like uh, Biden exed, uh, um, like tweeted? Yeah. Somebody exed then? I don't know, man. Howard, do you still have a Twitter account? Yes, I do. I'm very active on Twitter. Very you, active. Very, very active. Do you have millions of tweeters? Or uh, what do you call them when somebody follows you? It just followers, followers on Twitter? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Humble, oh. By the way, we have a Twitter account, Humble and Fred. Mm, okay. Now, <laughs> do you know when we here, here's a little story for the from the Humble and Fred from behind the scenes at Humble and Fred. Yeah. When we first started the podcast in twenty hundred and eleven, that's right, kids. That's how long it's gone. How long ago it was? We um, wanted to have. We had our own Twitter account, but we wanted to make it seem like we were more successful than we were. So we bought Twitter followers. And at one time, yeah. at one time, we had over 100,000 Twitter followers, all from Eastern Bloc countries. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, there was a ton of Nigerians, too. Oh, there was? But oh, do, yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, and we did mm-hmm. it so that we could show clients, oh, no, we, we, have, we have, you know, the, the pathetic thing is, if we were on the radio still, or had, or it's serious, had they ever promoted us, we probably could have gotten to 100,000. Yeah. Pathetic. Because you would click on the followers, remember, and then the profiles. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. How, <laughs> Humble and Fred really, really appeal to a, diver, a diverse audience. They really That's do. right. Mm-hmm. They are open for business around the world. So right now we have 21,700 Twitter followers, which is pretty... I don't know what it is. Like we don't, you, know, you know, I never tweet on the Humble and Fred brand. Boone does. I'm sorry, Toronto Mike does. Um, and, you know, rarely other than just tomorrow on the show, you know, we get very little engagement. So, yeah, what is that? Is that a demographic thing? I don't know. I think so. Absolutely. Um, and the point is, so you tweet and the idea is to titillate those who follow you or hope that someone who doesn't follow you sees your brilliance and then becomes a follower. That's the idea, right? You know what it is? Great question. Mm-hmm. I, I only do it now. And I, when I say I'm, I'm very involved, which means I might tweet once a week sometimes. And I, sometimes I'll go weeks. Like, for instance, what I tweeted last week and what did get some engagement, not only on our account, but on mine, I tweeted out Rich Tunes. AI version right. of Humble and Fred. Nice. So in that particular case, I did it to for two reasons. One, to promote the show, but also as a, I guess, a thank you for him. Because, you know, for other people who want engagement, it's sort of, um, I want to say, Dan, like, not the polite thing to do, but sort of the reciprocity thing to do. He did that thing for us. So I'm like trying to promote him a little bit. So right. that did get yeah. some nice engagement. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, 
It's crazy good. Oh, it's fantastic. I think I still have a Twitter account, but I, I couldn't even tell you or how to access it or anything. Although I am a member of Truth Social. Cool. The, uh, I am for the just for the entertainment value. Right. And it's amazing. With through this Elon Musk, who seems to be a supporter of Donald Trump on some level, I yeah. think, in Trump likes Musk, Trump still has not come back to Twitter. But if you go to Truth Social and all this all this ranting by Trump, it's quite funny. It is always in capitals with bad grammar and misinformation and anyway. And then you click on the comments. It's most of it's just like spam or uh, bots, and none of it even makes sense. Not even it's not even connected to his comments, and it's just the whole thing is bizarre. Yeah. So um, to back to your question, why do it? I mean, a lot of times I just do. I'll see something. A lot of times I'll see something that I I might want to save for the show. I for I was going to show you. I'm going to, for instance, yeah. I'm going to play something for you, and so mm-hmm. I don't forget it. Like I know, like I'll I'll mm-hmm. see it. And I'll go. Okay, I'll just I'll send it out as a tweet so that I'll know to say to Freddie and Dan. For instance, this is something I forgot last week. This is a guy Dan who is. Um, I, I follow this ca- account called Christian Nightmares, and um, this is pretty funny. He get he his, I'm not sure what his name is, but he answers questions about the world of religion as it relates to Christians. Okay. For instance, he recently <laughs> received. <laughs> fuck, this isn't even so much anti-religion as it is just funny. He recently received a question from one of his followers about a certain type of food in heaven. Sean, do you think we'll be able to eat steak in heaven? Oh, I love this question. So he gets asked the question, hey, Sean, do you think we'll be able to eat steak in heaven? And first oh, thing, I love this question. <laughs> I know. He goes, oh, I love, I, meaning he's gotten this question before. And there's a certain tension here because number one, we love, at least I do, a medium rare filet mignon. But steak comes from the death of animals. So will there be animals killed in heaven? Now, theologians might differ over that. So Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to land that. But if there's not steak in heaven from the death of animals, I think God will have some steak substitute. Like people are trying to create. Yeah, like God will have like uh, always what's that stuff called, Dan? Um, good, but even like better. The near so beef. Yeah, that's right. God's going to have near beef. Like, oh, I missed out. What the heck? I can't have some joy that I had on earth. It's not going to happen. Heaven is going to blow away our wildest expectations. So Sean's premise is that God will have figured out a way to have steak without killing cows, and it's going to be the best steak you've ever had. So you ask me what I do on Twitter, I do that. Mm-hmm. This is what I do on Twitter. And I'm sure, I'm sure God will look after that. I mean, he, he can't seem to handle famine on earth, so why not feed people some berries <laughs> right. steak you, in heaven? And can you imagine you get a steak? I see he's a filet mignon. How did he, how did he mm. pronounce it? A filet mignon? He, will be able to eat steak in heaven? Oh, I love this question. And there's a certain tension here because, number one, we love, at least I do, a medium rare filet mignon. Mignon. That's right. Yeah. A mignon. filet mignon. So he's going to get a, a rare filet mignon. But what if it's not rare? Does he send it back to God in the kitchen? Like, hey, can we? Uh, this thing's yeah. way underdone. <laughs> and God gets pissed off and spits on it. Yeah. That's right. Rubs it on his armpit. <laughs> hey, why is that, Dan, do you think? Why is what? Well, say 
let's take Africa, continental Africa, the famine yes. there. Why couldn't, why can't God just one day get up and go make stuff grow there? Like, I, 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 I won't, I'm not going to stand to watch these people starve. I've, I've just always wondered about that. But. Well, you know, my father would say, well, that's kind of the way he set things up. He's oh. not. He doesn't have the over that that hand that controls everything. It's mm. like you're oh. you're left your own devices to make your own choices, and right. you can follow the way or mm-hmm. choose not to follow the way. Did you oh, say Jews? So. Come on, Dan. <laughs> Come on. Is that necessary? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you can what what do you can go your own way or Jews not to follow the way? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Best friends for life, Dan. Best so those, friends uh, for life. Those Sudanese, they can't figure it out, so they can starve. But those Canadian people, yeah, I'll give them more than they need. Mm. Yeah, it's it's quite the phenomenon. Mm. Yeah, it is. He's, yeah. he's you know, he's we'll very picky. We'll never figure it out. No, he's very picky. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what I do on Twitter. I, oh, and other the other the other thing I do is sometimes when we're not doing this particular program. I'll get an idea for a premise or I think is something I think is funny. I'll try it out there first before I try it out on you. For instance, when I brought up this last week on the show, I had already tweeted it. I tweeted, I don't think shit where you eat was a lesson easily learned and almost instantly agreed upon. And I just just thought that was funny. And other people did, too. So that's what I do. Say it again. Say it again. When I was talking to you last week, I said, you know, when people brought up the concept of don't shit where you eat. Yeah, no, what I, did you tweet? I, I said, I think that was a lesson easily learned and almost instantly agreed upon. Mm. So, that, because that's not a lesson you have to be taught. And, and the right. fact is, like I said to you guys, how, how that came up in the cave, no one was going to debate that. Fucking mm-hmm. Gronk is like, I think we should be able to shit where we eat. No! We're mm-hmm. just, from now on, you shit over there, we eat over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what I do. So now they call it X, and uh, it's big news. Um, and uh, so Dan's doing renos. You're in the, the hobo trailer because you've got all your family up there. Yes. Kids and grandkids. Nice. So, wait a second. Mel and Dan are up there, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And you just don't want to wake them up, and that's why you're doing it over here? Well, usually I sit at the kitchen table and do this, but, you know, by this point, what is it? I'm sure Delise is in the throes of, you know, preparing breakfast for the kitties and making them pancakes with blueberries and wow. maybe chocolate chips. And would you like an egg with that, John, she would say, and... You know, that type of thing going on in the kitchen. You know, he's got all his family there, uh, Dan, but I can tell you right now who his favorite is, because this morning, uh, Dougie the dog came in, oh, yeah. and he goes <laughs> he goes into his uh, doggy voice. It's so sweet. Uh-huh. Like, you love that. <laughs> Fucking, I don't even know Dougie, and I love him, but when uh, Dougie came in with uh, Danny, mm-hmm. brought him some coffee, and Dougie showed up, showed Dougie to the screen. Sweet Aww. little boy. Did Dougie yeah. do a tour of the uh, of the trailer? Yeah, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. He just sat at my ankle here and didn't oh. want to go. Danny well, had to coax n- him out. That's not unusual. Fred's mm-hmm. the dog whisperer. Well, not only that, your trailer, you know, being the hobo trailer, it's got all sorts of great smells for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all kinds of musty, deteriorating walls smell. Right, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Hey, how was your weekend then, Howard? Did you uh, make any uh, hole-in-ones or get any close to anything? I did not make a hole-in-one, although I did uh, play in a tournament on Thursday, Big Time Invitational, and the Howman finished first. I say, what? Yeah, what? I say oh. that. I didn't win the tournament because I finished first and went into a three-player playoff. 
and uh, lost on the first playoff hole. And uh, oh. but I didn't get. It was funny because. Uh, Funny, interesting. I played really well that day on a golf course I'd never seen. I shot 73, and uh, I finish, and I, I go into the thing, and everyone's, I get, and I get my, you know, my shoes off, and I change into my non, you know, change into my, I just change out of my golf shit, put my clubs away, go in to have lunch, and the guy who's organizing said, I think you're in a playoff. I'm like, what does that mean? He says, you may better go back and get your clubs. So I go back and uh, there's a bunch of people watching and we play, uh, we were going to play 17, 18, 17, 18 until there's a winner because the 17th tee uh, tee box is right by the clubhouse. So everyone's watching us. And I was very proud of how I handled it because as you know, you're nervous and there's a bunch of people there and I, mm-hmm. I actually uh, hit a better drive in the playoff than I did in the uh, regular uh, part. So I hit a really good drive. I hit a really good second shot and I was just off the green about 30 feet away. One of the guys is on the green. He's about 20 feet away and there's another guy who's further away than me me he's about 45 feet away and just off the green so he's got sort of two or three yards of fringe to get over and then the green starts so he goes first and there's a bunch of people watching so i was just sort of thinking to myself you know like they're all pretty long putts and likely not to get a birdie there's a kind of putts where you're basically in a two putt i was just thinking about going to the next hole and dude behind me behind me steps up and drains it from off the green no, and it was it was great. I was happy for him. I mean, and then I putted it and came up a bit short, and the other guy same thing. So playoff was over and was over in like twenty minutes. But it was exciting. It was fun. Do you think if you had not undressed, that you would have been in a, in better shape? To no, I was in great shape. Long? As I say, I hit two. Gr- I was really proud of the fact that under oh, okay. those conditions, when I was a bit nervous because your adrenaline's pumping, right. that I hit two really, really good, solid shots. Like a great drive. Actually, yeah. hit the drive further in the playoff than I did on in the regulation, and then I hit a really good shot into the green. But hey, the guy. Uh, yeah, that's out. Of, uh, that's yeah. outside your control. That. But uh, so I don't feel like I lost it. I just got beat by a pretty pretty high low percentage shot like that shot he could sit there all day and maybe not sink it again but he did then we all shook his hand and i got a i got a share of second place tied for second is the uh official listing t2 and what did you get fuck all no i I got some gift certificate for something um and who ended up winning the open it was quite the spread so i yeah i was a guy you know it's funny i didn't why i had another tournament yesterday i didn't really watch much of the sunday round but a guy that's been on the tour for a long time great little player tiny guys brian Harmon's his name yeah 36 years old been on the uh, pga tour was a great college player you know highly highly decorated amateur and really hasn't won a whole lot maybe i don't know three or four times on the pga tour in 10 or 12 years and he won his first uh, big time major and now uh now you'll know that name I didn't watch. I didn't watch much of it. Uh, he yes. won by a handful of. Yeah, strokes he watched by too, he? one by six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. I was watching it. I, it was. It was neat that you could sit there with your morning coffee and yes. watch it. But uh, when it got to be like five or six strokes, I thought, no, I'm going to go with the sunshine. You know, it was neat for me too true. because, well, because being a Beatles fan, there were so many Beatles references mm-hmm. through the weekend. Because where it was played was Liverpool, a place called Hoy Lake. And they've only been playing golf there. You know, that, that tournament's... That was the 151st edition of that tournament. And they've been playing golf on that ground for hundreds of years. So it's kind of cool. But they kept referencing the town of Liverpool, which you've been to. Mm-hmm. 
You know, what I, what I didn't know, maybe you, you knew this, but Dan, did you know they still have concerts every day, Beatles-type concerts or shows, every day at the, at the Cavern Club there? No. I didn't. I, I assumed that place had been. Yeah, me torn too. Down so something. from like from two to four every afternoon. There's like, did you you did you go and do that? I was in the Cavern Club. Yeah, very claustrophobic and sort of dank. And but I had to go. Me and Buddy Doug went in. I think the girls came in, but then gave up quickly. But we had to have a beer in there. So I was. Was in there anyone the, playing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There was people performing there. Right, right at that little. Mm-hmm. You know that. Sort of stone-looking stage, yeah. Tell me how yeah. small it looks. So, well, I'll tell you what. Here, from television, it looks really small. It has to look super small in person. Yeah, from what I remember, there's a few little rooms, right? And then there's the main stage. But even that room, and I, I, I think everybody stands. Yeah. Again, this is three or four years ago, so I, from what I remember, but yeah, I had to go in. It was one of those things. It was really crowded, and you could tell it was hot, and people were going to be close together. I think it was a Saturday afternoon or something. So, and I thought, oh man, I'm not sure I want to go in there, but I had to. I yeah, had yeah. To. yeah. So, uh, so that was uh, yeah. I played uh, played nicely that day. It was uh, you know, it's funny that game of golf because uh, like three or four weeks ago I was struggling, and then for the last couple of weeks I've just played great, including that day on a course I'd never played before. And of course, you know, I go over my round and think, oh, you know, I missed a couple of putts here or there, and but everyone can do that, and. You know, it's kind of funny. I've I've been in a bunch of playoffs, and they always have that same feeling of sort of, even though it's it's not the PGA Tour, it has that feeling of like, you know, there might have been 10 or 15 people watching us tee off, and a few guys came to watch the whole hole, and it just has sure. this kind of cool feeling of like heightened um, whatever. And uh, No, when we, I, I, we haven't played in a few years, but I've mentioned this before, even when we had our goofy little bocce championships here when you get to the quarter or the semifinals or in my case uh, the finals <laughs> many times <laughs> um, <laughs> it's nervous it's, really yeah because the thing it's funny because you can play day to day and nobody really pays attention but when during those tournaments we had at the end everybody's walking down the road watching the final match yeah. maybe 20 30 people yeah it's nerve-wracking so i can only imagine like a man's sport like a real sport like that at an official golf course, how nerve wracking that must be. Well, it's easy to it's easy when, when the, there's a great phrase that one of the you know golf guys we've had on my golf show talk about when score matters. So what mm-hmm. you're talking about, like you can play bocce every day, pulling the wagon down the road, having a beer with your buddies. Yeah. But when it matters, like there's a great phrase in golf that a guy had said years ago. He said, "Golf's an easy game until you care." And mm-hmm. as soon as you care a little bit more, so here I am, I finished a round, I go hand my scorecard in, find out I'm in a playoff, and all of a sudden now, I, I was in a tournament, but now I'm in a very small tournament, me and two other guys. Why? When I say I was proud of how I played, because it's easy to kind of guide it or hit a kind of a steery swing, but I got up and I just roasted my drive. Like It, it, was, it was like a success for me because I didn't sort of retreat. I kind of felt like, you know, fuck it. Let's just swing and see what happens. And uh, and I was sort of happy for the guy. I mean, I'd rather lose that way than hit my second shot in the hazard and fucking, you know, like, skull it into the bunker wall or, you know, something. 
Anybody see my ball? Yeah, exactly. Listen, last year I did the same thing in a big time invitational where I tied for first, 27 hole, bunch of really good players, go to a playoff, and in front of everybody, I have a four foot putt, maybe even shorter, three foot putt to extend it. Like he'd already made his par. I had to sink that putt to make a par and missed it. So believe mm. me, that one stung because I knew I gave it away. But right. uh, anyway, this time I didn't feel bad because I thought, fuck it, the guy made a nice putt. Good for him. Yeah. You know, um, There's a young fella here next to Dan, Andrew, and he's been taking his two sons out golfing. I, Twelve and nine, I guess they are. And I was talking to him the other day, and he said they're really into it. But the problem he's having is how frustrating, how frustrated they're getting. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I talked about you, you know, the that classic line, you're not that good to be that mad at your game. But he said it's funny because, you know, when it comes to golf, you know, they play baseball, they play hockey, they play other sports, and all those other sports, you can almost immediately get some kind of a handle on it. What they find frustrating is how difficult the game is, right? They just think it's going to, it's as easy as throwing a baseball or shooting a puck, <laughs> and it's just not. And he said, uh, yeah, that's he has to keep talking them down like, boy, Steve, you know, this is going to take some time. And the funny thing is, it doesn't matter how skilled you get. I've said this yeah. before, the difference in uh-huh. hockey between hockey and golf. And I got to be a pretty good hockey player. Mm-hmm. I never played a game of hockey where I stepped on the ice one day and just forgot how to skate where right. I just couldn't or couldn't mm-hmm. handle a puck. Um, guys, I'm getting some kind of is it wind or something? I'm getting some okay. kind of uh, just turn your mic off for a second, Dan. No, it's Fred's mic. Just turn your mic it's off. It's coming Fred, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of really? a... Do you hear it, Dan? Yeah, I know. I was going to mention it, but... What do you think oh. that is? Yeah. Let me uh, Let me see. Yeah, it's definitely his mic. Like, it's almost like some air or... Like, I didn't turn off the air this morning, and you're not really hearing it too much. Yeah, I know. It's a... Uh, it's well, definitely I turned my mic off and you still heard it? No, no. Once you turn your mic off, it, uh, it goes it away. It went away. Yeah. But it, it hasn't, hasn't been there this entire time. It just sort of started recently. I was wondering if something changed. Right, hold on. No, it's not, it's not the uh, ambient air, Fred. Yeah? It's, it's your microphone. But try, uh, try, we'll turn the volume down or maybe Howard, turn everything down, and then um, unplug it into a different input into the mixer. All right. You just plug it into a different mixer, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna start the show. Have we started the show? I can't recall. I think yeah, we, we started. Did, uh, we did start yeah, the show. We did the old that was a while. Ex, we did. We did. Uh, the X, oh, the X uh, thing, right? Billionaire buying the show. Let me hear. Yeah. How's that? That's yeah, better. I think a little bit better. Have you got original sound on, Freddie? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, there you go. A little mid-show correction. We'll figure it out. Um, Dan's going to uh, come back from his uh, job and do some news before we close down the show. Gotta be, uh, we've got a lot of uh, stuff to get to. This is just a pre-show stuff. Uh, we'll get to the real show stuff in a second. First, here's uh, Freddie with some uh, great people that support us each and every day. Well, yeah, the retirement Sherpa, he'll be by tomorrow. And uh, as usual, he's going to talk about uh, something that... Uh, Affects us all. Retirement, obviously, but uh, he's going to talk about regrets that people make once they retire and they look back and go, oh, 
I should have done this. I should have done that. And of course, his uh, his job is to, uh, you know, if you're younger and you're investing, to make sure you don't make those mistakes. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, RetirementSherpa.ca. I was at the uh, moving picture shows on the weekend. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. But I, uh, lots of advertising. In particular, uh, Ontario is advertising its involvement in electric vehicle development. Yet ironic that we have one of the worst uh, rebate programs in the country. Although a lot of people in Ontario involved in building batteries and things like that. The reason I mention this, of course, is EVNet.ca. They're involved in getting you into an electric vehicle. I had this conversation with somebody the other day at a golf tournament who also has an electric vehicle, and, and their words were similar to mine. Once you've tried it, once you've got it, he said, I'd never go back. He said, if I can, I would have an electric vehicle uh, going forward. And I think if you get a chance to try it at evnet.ca, you might feel the same way. And the nice thing about this is it's so many different experiences, whether it's a Tesla or a Nissan Leaf or a Kona or a Bolt. It doesn't matter. You can try it for uh, 24 hours, three days, or seven days if you want, and really get an idea of what having an electric vehicle in your life, what it will do. They make it ridiculously easy. At evnet.ca, you give them a call at 1-800-387-9391, and they'll take care of you. It's evnet.ca. Uh, I'm not sure how aware, like, uh, how old is May? May May. You, why, by the way, why do you guys call her May May? I, I was going to ask you that last week. Just it became a nickname. Just a nickname. I don't know. Yeah. Her so, name is May Abigail. Sweet. You just call her May May. How old is she now? She will be nine in November. So I'm not sure if the Barbie phenomenon, if she's aware of that, but... Uh, Man, it seems. I don't know. If, are you aware of how big this film was? Uh, yeah, I was reading this morning. It smashed some box office uh, things. Did it not? It did. So they're they're calling yeah. it. Uh, so there was Barbie that was released this weekend, and mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, which I wanted to go see. Um, over here at the local uh, Cineplex. So they're calling it Barbenheimer which is the combination of box office from Barbie at 155 million and Oppenheimer opened at 80 million higher than they expected the uh, combination of these two will make it one of the i think the fourth largest opening weekend in box office history right but the reason I asked about Barbie, I had no idea that it was such... I mean, it looks like a cool movie. I like her, Margot Robbie. And it's not just for girls. Cause, but I will say this. My daughter, uh, Spencer, who's living in New York for the summer, was quite bummed because a bunch of their friends were going to it. Uh, people that, you know, it's like, a, uh, it's like a thing that girls are doing. Oh, okay. Did Spencer play with Barbies? Is it raining there? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard here. Yeah. Um, Nothing I can do about that. That's a tin roof. <laughs> that's right. You're in the uh, the hobo trailer. No, um, I'm, I'm hesitating because I don't really remember. I know they both played with dolls, but right. I couldn't tell you if it was Barbie or not. Did Mel? Uh, I believe she had some. I, uh, she wasn't uh, like uh, full on, but I think there was Barbies in the house. 
but I know other kids like my nieces were into you know with the Barbie cars and the Barbie house and the Barbie all that stuff that goes with it well it's uh, it's quite the phenomenon now it's one of those movies where if it showed up on uh, you know our service uh, I might check it out because it looks good. I mean, she's good. Ryan Gosling's good, and the premise is good that she that Barbie leaves the Barbie world and steps out into the real world. As I mentioned last week, Will Ferrell's in it. It's the kind of movie where it's not what you'd expect it to be, right? Um, but I want to tell you, I have uh, I live over here uh, about uh, a block and a half from a Cineplex uh, complex, huge. You see it off the Gardner at, at Islington. And in the seven and a half years almost I've been here, almost seven, when did we move in? 2016. So almost, uh, yeah, seven years. I have never seen the parking lot as full as it, as it was this weekend for the entire weekend. Like last night I drove home late. I was playing until uh, late in the afternoon. It was jammed, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Can't find a place to park jammed. Yeah, and uh, it's not without controversy. You've... You've heard of the right-wing conspiracy theory uh, issue within the film. Apparently, at one point, there's a map of China and the way they have the boundaries marked on this map. And again, (laughs) you know, like in crayon or something, it's very China-friendly. So, of course, all the right-wing wingnuts are claiming that, again, you know, Hollywood, the lefties in Hollywood, are trying to cozy up to the Chinese. And uh, by doing this, they will distribute the movie more in China. Hmm. Like, it's unbelievable. Oh, that was a big topic last week. About, for a split second, some map of China in the movie that had a boundary marked a certain way. That's crazy. And I, I imagine that didn't hurt box office either because all of a sudden it became a news item beyond entertainment well i know i know from reading what i i, I sort of looked it up this morning because i was curious again I, as i drove home last night it was probably seven ish o'clock and i was just because i had i'll tell you about going to see mission impossible but i'd been over there myself and mm-hmm. just couldn't I, I as i was coming home last night i'm like it's still i mean i know it's summer so every night is Friday night, but um, man, it, I, I just don't recall in the time I've been here being that busy. The other thing I saw that I wanted to pass on to you after I before I tell you about the movie. So I'm coming out of the movie Mission Impossible. I went to like a six forty five showing, which really means seven ten by the time you get through all the commercials. And um, I came out of that theater around nine thirty on Saturday night. That's what I did, and there was about I don't know. 20 or 30 group, you know, kids, they're all hanging around in different groups and just openly smoking weed, uh-huh. which I thought was kind of cool. It's like years ago, we'd all been smoking weed, like in the shadows around the corner in your car, maybe. But because it's legal, you can just stand outside and smoke a joint before you go into the 10 o'clock showing of your movie. I thought it was like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't really seen that before. Is there an age restriction on marijuana? I think so, yeah. uh, With pot? Oh, okay. I think I said yes, but I'm I'm pretty sure there is. Isn't that funny? I don't, yeah. That we don't know that right off the top. Like, if you're 13 years old smoking a joint, is that illegal? I would imagine. I would imagine it's the same as cigarettes and booze. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's probably 18 plus. But these weren't kids. These weren't little teenagers. These were like oh, okay. 18 plus kids. Oh, so when Just, you say kids, you mean yeah, yeah, okay. kids to us, like a 50-year-old is a kid to us. Um, but yeah, I was just sort of like, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're just unabashedly, whatever that means, standing mm-hmm. there, no, uh, just having a smoke. Yeah, through this, I've learned how much I don't like the smell of it. Of marijuana or, or nicotine? No, of marijuana. Oh, yeah, nicotine. Sometimes I smell uh, cigarettes or cigars and think I like that smell, but marijuana, like when I'm at a place like that or going through a crowd, I I don't like it. Isn't that weird? It's just too pungent or something. But. I played golf the other day with somebody, mm-hmm. hard to imagine, who was smoking a uh, vape. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was blueberry-flavored, and it smelled oh. great. And I said to him, I said, is that, first of all, I said, is that nicotine or THC? He goes, nicotine. And I said, you know, as the round we're on, we're talking about smoking and how I used to smoke. And I said, if I were a smoker now, that's what I would do. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, because you don't get all the other stuff. You just get the nicotine, which is what smokers (laughs) want. You don't get all the other shit in it. But also, you can do it anywhere. It doesn't smell. It doesn't make you smell. And the odd time that he did it, like we were walking, so I wasn't around him all the time. But when I would walk through a plume of this vaporizer, it smelled mm-hmm. pretty good. Smell you, you? You were like in a Bed Bath and Beyond. Or something. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, I thought that. Or is it just illegal for kids now to sell them flavored vaping? I know that was an issue for a while too. Like they had bubble gum and like all these fruity flavors and. I don't know where that's at, but they were afraid it made it more kid-friendly. Yeah, I, I remember reading that. Um, yeah. Speaking of reading, we just I just looked over to make sure the Facebook feed was uh, going, and someone named Julie Jameson just weighed in saying, I don't know how I found this, but what? Humble Fred and Dan Duran still together? Nice to hear. What? Yes. She says, nice to hear. See you guys. Fan from the CFNY days. Hello from Cambridge. Well, hello to you, too. How about that? Julie Jameson has just weighed in. Well, that's what you like. Yeah, I was sitting on a uh, pontoon boat, I guess, on Friday night. And I met this fella that listens to the uh, podcast. And uh, he was talking about growing up in, uh, actually, Peterborough, but having to go into the town, going to go into the city all the time. And how much he enjoyed Humble and Fred and enjoys the podcast now. And that's what I said. Are you telling all these friends that used to listen about the podcast? And he goes, yes. Yeah. Everybody's excited. Yeah. It's great. I'm spreading the news. And I said, well, that's important to us. You know, if we can continue this for another 20 or 30 years, we might actually get successful at one point. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. We're going to run out of uh, track as human beings before we finally break through. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was just quickly before we leave movies. I uh, I wanted to go see Oppenheimer. I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's sort of interesting. The, the 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 grandfather, the guy that they who basically created the atomic bomb. And there's you know some good guys in that movie. There's a guy from Peaky Blinders, and of course Damon, yeah, uh, Matt Damon, and, and such. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get in at the right time, and it was I couldn't believe. Like I do this, I go on Cineplex on their website, and it's it, it was again it represented how busy that theater was. I couldn't find a seat, 
So I saw Mission Impossible, and I didn't get to see it on a on an IMAX or on a fancy screen. Well, I did see it in the surround thing. It's called AVX, where they project. Have you ever been in one of those things where they project it on all the walls? No. So it's on the screen and around you. But I'll tell you this Tom Cruise fella, he does a nice movie. It is, I don't know what it's made, but it's going to be a billion dollar movie. It, it is really, there's, I have nothing bad to say about it. It's like a nonsense film. It's easy, mm-hmm. it's easy to follow. But every minute of that movie there's some cool shit going on. It really is. That's what I left there thinking. Man, that Tom Cruise guy. You know, say what you want about him, but he does a nice movie. It was just highly entertaining. And, you know, one of those movies, I know you don't go to the theater very often, but if you could see it on a big screen, it's pretty, it's pretty good. No, and I, you know, I, I, yeah, I would. It's just, I never think of it. You know, and I'm sure if I did go, it would be a great experience, and I'd, I'd love it. It's just I never really think of going to a theater. It's bizarre. I just don't. Is there and, one? And, what's the nearest one even, to that you? Even, that even predates COVID. Pardon me? What, what is the closest? Like, it's easy for me because in 90 seconds, I can be buying a ticket. What, what's well, the closest a, one I to you? I Silver City two, two minutes away from me. You do, eh? Two, five minutes, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just in the neighborhood, basically. Absolutely. Well, if you do get, uh, if you do think of it, I would say that would be one that, you know, I would say, you know, if you're going to go to a theater this year, that's a good one to see in a theater because it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. And, you know, we spoke about, you know, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck, um, how, you know, they make a nice movie too. those boys. I saw an interview with uh, Matt Damon over the weekend. And he was talking about George Clooney and, you know, George Clooney legendary with his pranks. Yes. We've talked about it on this show when he lived with that guy and every day the guy the guy had a he had work Richard somebody yeah he's something. a very yeah, yeah. we've talked about it. he's a pretty funny guy right so the guy had a cat he would go out to work every day George Clooney didn't have any where to go had no job at the time couldn't get acting jobs so this guy had the cat and every time it pooped in the cat litter he would take the poop out and hide it so this guy became <laughs> worried that his cat wasn't pooping and Clooney let this go on for a week, and the guy's going crazy. He says, there's something wrong with my cat. It's not a pooping. It's not pooping. Anyway, he goes out one day, and Clooney shits in the kitty litter himself. Like a big, <laughs> huge turd. Anyway. anyway, that's the type of stuff Clooney did. And there's a lot of stories. Anyway, Matt Damon's talking about what Brad Pitt did to George Clooney once. It was on uh, one of the uh, Ocean's movies. Right. And uh, there was a whole new crew. So Brad Pitt issued this letter to all the crew about George Clooney. Don't look him in the eye. Don't ask him any questions. Stay out of his way. And the thing is about George Clooney, he's the type of guy on a set. He loves everybody. Hey, how are you? Like, there's no hierarchy to him. Everybody's just a buddy and a co-worker. So anyway, Brad Pitt issues this letter to the entire crew. You know, that Madonna type thing. Don't look him in the eye. Don't talk to him. If he's walking down the hallway, go the other way. And Clooney gets to the set and he can't figure out what's going on. He's trying to be friendly to all these people. And everybody's sort of weird with him. Anyway, he finds out ultimately that Brad Pitt did that. Uh, but it, it, a very, very funny. That's story. great. The guy we're thinking of is Richard Kind. Yeah, right. He's just, and if you don't know him, he's just that guy. He's the same guy in every movie he's in. 
Mm-hmm. He's just really. He, it's, I saw a movie recently with him on. I can't. I was watching some streaming service. It's, it's bugging me because I can't remember the movie. But he's just himself in every movie. Right, right. Um, and it's so funny because he's such an unlikely guy to be George Clooney's best buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wonder if he's one of the guys that Clooney gave a million dollars to. That famous story where he got 14 of his best buddies together. Yeah. yeah. And at some dinner and gave everyone a million dollars just because he could. Yeah. Wasn't that after he sold the uh, tequila company? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Richard Kind. I saw him in something recently. It's going to bug me. I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, get a little business done, and I will uh, figure this out. Uh, Yeah, and then we can talk. After a little bit of music, a little musical break, we can talk about a musical legend that I, and I always forget that you actually uh, got a chance to see. Yes. Hey, whether you're a sports better or a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Look at, uh, Let's look at some odds. The Women's World Cup of soccer taking place in Australia and New Zealand right now. And the storyline from a Canadian's perspective has been Canadians getting no, even though we won the Olympic gold, I believe. Yes, we did. Um, getting no respect over there as far as uh, being uh, one of the favorites. The U.S., uh, plus 250, remain the favorite. Spain at plus 325. England, plus 650, your top three. But what about Canada? Plus 5,000. So can you argue with the odds makers? We'll see as this unfolds. But that's what's going on at the world's, uh, the Women's World Cup of Soccer. Did you mention that we tied Nigeria? Yes. Okay. Zero, zero. <laughs> it's all right. No, I di- actually, no, I didn't mention. I, I, I knew that because, in fact, I saw part of that game. But, uh, yeah, apparently scoring is going to be an issue for Canada. Um, but it often is in soccer for everyone, is it not? Oh, yeah. It's tough to get you know, It's tough to score, man. Man, it's going to drive me nuts. I, um, where did I see it? Anyway, let me talk about uh, Aaron Ventures and what you should know about this company. Uh, trading under the uh, symbol Boron One Holdings. Look for, uh, because they're trying to get Boron under the ground. It's not easy. You know, it doesn't happen everywhere. But uh, AaronVentures.com is where you find out more about this company, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. That's what they're doing. They're trying to get Boron out of the ground to make all the things that Boron does. I don't know why it gets me excited, but it does. Boron's in everything. That, that cell phone you're holding, it's got Boron all over it. Anyway, before this gets boring, uh, just check it out. AaronVentures.com. And uh, get maybe get your person, get your Sherpa to look at it. Get a piece of the action before, uh, you know, it's too late. Unearthing value is what they do at AaronVentures.com. So I watched, uh, so I watched Mission Impossible. And then I watched another movie, and I can't... It was Richard Kind and our, uh, Broad, Pierce Brosnan, and they... Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. Richard Kind and Pierce Brosnan movie. And um, that will tell me... It's called The Outlaws. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
with Adam Devine and it was a fun little comedy thing and I saw it and where did I see it? It was on Netflix. That's what I saw. It's a new Netflix movie. There you go. Well, would Richard Kind need a million bucks from George Clooney? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who doesn't need a million bucks? Yeah, I guess who doesn't need a million bucks? But that in itself is a fantastic story. But it's interesting. A lot of these, you know, podcasts, and there's so many of them, you know, hosted by famous people, Hollywood people. And whenever I see George Clooney as a guest, I always make sure I listen because he's such a he's such a nice, nice fella. So grounded, right? Yeah, and he's only going to... He's one of those guys, I think he's in his early 60s now, 61, 2 or whatever, and, uh, you know, he's going to just age out well is what I'm trying to say you know like he's not tried to be younger than he is he's you know he's got the gray beard and such and he's gonna right. he seems to be aging out well is what I'd like to say um, speaking of which uh, Tony Bennett finally uh, got to the end of his uh, aging cycle and um, I was I, I'd forgotten that you had a chance to see him yeah at Rama with my parents my mom always loved uh, Tony Bennett and at the time, you know, we were hooked up pretty good through radio with Rama. And I think the girl's name was Jenna. That's I right. Her one day. That's right. And That's I very said, good. Jenna, my mom loves Tony Bennett any chance. And so she gave us the whole thing. It was showed up early, went into the steakhouse for free, and then tickets right in the front row. And me and Delise and my mom and dad went, and it was just fantastic. I mean, I'm talking 20 years ago, so he was... Still pretty much on top of his game at that time. Sure. And uh, it was it was just great. Fantastic. He died at age... 96. 96. Mm-hmm. And I think the, there's a... Wasn't there a documentary or something recently where they're sh- showing him... He, he had gotten to the point where he couldn't remember anymore, but he had done one last concert with Lady Gaga. I saw that... Um, with Lady Gaga, it showed him in the green room with his wife, and he yes. wasn't quite sure where he was and where to go and right. what he was going to do. But when that curtain opened, it just, he was there. Like, he was present. It was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I I've mean, seen that. A, a real insight into dementia, actually, and the way that can work. Yeah, in the documentary, they're sort of worried. I, I should mm-hmm. we should be able to find the documentary, but anyway, you just look it up. And uh, they're worried all day that he's not going to be able to remember the lyrics. And then you're right; there's a bit of confusion backstage. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you've been doing something at that time for seventy plus years, it's there in some part yeah. of your brain. When some synapses are firing. The curtain opens, he acknowledges the crowd, he's bowing, he's got his hands, like, you know, like, apart and loving the moment. And, uh, yeah, you're right, some some switch flipped at that point, um, which was good for the show, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, apparently there's, I, I, I didn't know this, that there was some iconic performance of this song that everyone knows him for on the Ed Sullivan show. And I'm not going to share my screen, but if you, it's interesting. I think you'll find it interesting because you're my age to go back and look at the black and white television production of this song of Tony Bennett singing on the Ed Sullivan show. To my 
necessity by the bay I left my San Francisco. You hear that old television sound? He, he's got to be, he can't be more than maybe late 20s while he's singing here. But what a voice. It calls to me. Appreciate this. Go look it up when you have a second. When you go down one of your YouTube uh, rabbit holes. The morning. No, fantastic. See, there's a guy that sort of got to leave planet Earth and go wherever you go without really much. You know, not a real. Don't really remember any controversies. Not, you know, don't think he pissed off a lot of people. And although in his his heyday, he was of the era of a lot of that stuff never went public. Sure, would now. Um, I've told you the uh, the story about here at the uh, trailer park and that song. We had karaoke on the beach. This is again about twenty years ago. Karaoke, karaoke on the beach one night. There was an older fella down here named Walter. He used to say hi to him all the time. Seemed a very mild mannered, sort of meek guy. And then this night. We're doing karaoke. He puts his hand up, and he wants to do I Left My Heart in San Francisco. So he stands up at the beach. The sun's setting. It was beautiful. And he's singing the song, and we're all loving it. He finishes it. We all clap. Way to go, Walter. He sits down in his lawn chair, falls over sideways, dead. It was something else. I'll never forget that, obviously. I, I do. Re- I do remember that story, but I'm just letting him. Yeah, he. I don't remember him dying literally at the end of the song. He went and sat in his uh, lawn chair, and it went over sideways. And we had to call the uh, ambulance, and but he was dead before they got here, as we had found. How out. old but was yeah. he? You know, I think he was maybe mid seventies. Um, but yeah, he you know he loved it up here. Obviously, he was here all the time. Retired here, spent his summers here, and again, it was just a beautiful night in the beach as the sun was setting. And he sang that song, and we all were just so surprised that he had it in him. And he up and dies right in front of us. It was quite the night. So everyone's so he everyone's yeah. <laughs> put this in perspective. Everyone's yes. applauding. Yes, Walter, great job. Walter yes. waves. He sits down. People's yes. attention moves to the next person, and then Walter just falls over dead. Yes, that's what happened. And there's a corpse now where Walter used to be. <laughs> no, but his wife is still here, Mary Alice. So yeah, how long? Wh- what was the lag time? And I'm being serious now. What was the lag time between? People realizing some like like Walters finished singing, sits down, maybe falls over. Did, like, did people initially think, "Well, Walter just stumbled"? Or oh no, no, we were all and there was a couple of nurses here in the park working on him. Um, yeah, and we just all sort of stood around in a circle as they did their thing. But 
it didn't help. Yeah, he, he had a, like guess, a widowmaker heart attack type of yeah, thing. They call that a heart attack right there on the beach, like a massive. And again, coronary. the ambulance came and took him away. But as we found out, he was he was dead on the beach. That is, you know what? Yeah. That's a what a great way to go out. Well, we that's what we all said. Going, you know, I mean, again, relatively young, I think, because he was in his mid seventies. But I mean, beyond that, if you're gonna go. Singing your favorite song at your sing uh, at your uh, at your favorite place. It's like uh, Al Paladini. Mm-hmm. You know that story? Yeah, Al Paladini playing golf. I knew him uh, for years. I you know played at the same course he did, but uh, I wasn't part of his group. I just knew him, and apparently he was away on a golf trip with his buddies, mm-hmm. uh, playing the game he loves, doing the thing he loves the most, hold out on a hole, like putt it out. Fell over dead. Yeah, I'm just afraid yeah. that I'm afraid that I'm going to die doing the thing I love the most, and it's going to be disgusting when you find me. <laughs> well, you know, Howard, that's I a little often... that's a little joke, by the way. That's yeah. that's a that's a jerking off joke. Just in case people didn't quite, didn't quite get it, he went doing the thing he loved, and loved it was most. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Now that I'm in my upper 60s, I, I got to admit that I go through my mind from time to time if I exert or whatever. I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, have instant death that way. Oh, yeah. of heart attacks or whatever. And again, you don't want to you don't want to die. But if you're going to die, you often think maybe that is the way to go. But. You know, in that whole thing. Why? He looks so healthy. I can't believe it. Like, oh, he was fine. I talked to him yesterday. Bang, you're gone. Yeah. Could happen to any of us at any time. Your buddy Dan Bonacek uh, just checked in here on Facebook. I have it open. He says that we had a band there at the beach ready to play that mm-hmm. night. They heard Walter sing, and the lead singer said, who brought the ringer? Oh, really? <laughs> and then I would say, Dan, turned out he was a dead ringer. <laughs> yeah That's right Howard died doing the thing he loved the most We found him, there was a computer <laughs> Some Kleenex I used to, It's funny, I not funny Pants around his ankle I used to do a joke in my act that I was worried that uh, I used to do that joke about how Not quite the same premise But that I was worried That my daughters were going That's how I would die and my daughters would find me that way <laughs> Desperately trying to hit control alt delete just before I passed out. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I tell you what, Dan's going to come back here in a second. So why don't we take care of a little bit more of business, and then um, I'm not sure really. I'm, I've, I've lost uh, all the energy for the uh, the racist stuff, but uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about. Well, I've got that audio of, of people yelling at our prime minister. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that. In that Belleville, take, yes. yeah, that takes mm-hmm. a bit of energy. Uh, let me see. Well, let's talk about Architect. Yeah, why don't we do that? Architect, uh, Architect, a full service turnkey building partner for their clients. They help create the design that you want, right down to an exacting level of detail. Then they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications. You're part of it all along the way. They want to make sure it's exactly the way you want it. Because, hey, it's your backyard. It's got to be done right. It's got to be done your way. Makes it simpler for clients. 
They source the materials. They make sure it meets building code requirements. Uh, they prepare the construction plans, apply for the permits, which can be a pain in the butt. They do that for you. And uh, they manage the job site. Working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it is done right. That's what it's all about. Go to Architect.com. If you haven't had an assisted stretch before, prepare yourself for a great time. Stretchlab.com. Stretchlab Toronto is where I go. Your flexologist will greet you and discuss your current flexibility. 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 Any injuries that you may have and walk you through your session. Stretches are performed on one of their custom designed benches. Your stretch will not be painful. But your flexologist will communicate with you throughout your stretch to gauge your comfort level. And I'm going to tell you, it is definitely uh, helping with my sports performance, that sports being uh, sport being golf. But if you're just looking to increase your range of motion and flexibility or reduce muscle and joint pain, take advantage of this offer right now. $59 for a 50-minute stretch just to get you started it includes a complete assessment of your current level of flexibility. You will leave there feeling better. That I promise you. Stretchlab.com. Stretchlab.com. There's a bunch of uh, stuff in the U.S. this last couple of days Freddie and I were talking about before the show, and we may or may not get to this week, but uh, there's always, you know, we always get the pushback. And what about stuff going on in Canada? Well, there was some stuff going on in Canada. Where do you say this was? Belleville? Yeah. Uh, the Prime Minister was there for some reason. I don't know, to open something or acknowledge something or whatever it was. Just doing Prime Minister stuff. Yeah, doing Prime Minister stuff. And he was met with, uh, again, some pushback, some protesters, people that don't like him, which is going to happen in a democracy. You know, everybody can't love you. But it got a little tense, I believe, Howard. Yeah, here's... So there's signs saying "fuck Trudeau." Um, he's just stopping taking pictures with people who want their picture taken with the leader of our country. And then there's a yell- man just yelling. He's yelling, "You're a criminal! Arrest this piece of shit!" And by the way, he's very close. He's like three or four feet away from him. It's not like he's back behind a line. There's a part of me that really wants to say this. Is- and then I don't where who she is sorry well that's why i just got the clip and this is a woman now commenting on it okay so uh what do you think of that i i again it's going to happen in a democracy and given the times with inflation and interest rates and everything there's going to people be people upset and whether it's the fault of the sitting government unfortunately you're the target because that's the situation so fine it's just it's just sort of the intent of these ones and the texture of these ones bother me um, because I know where it comes from. And that was proved by the people in the crowd with Trump signs. That's right. So so explain that to me, how you're a Canadian in Canada protesting what's going on in your country and you have Trump signs. And we've made this point time and time again. And listen, I'm no fan of, I've made it quite clear of Justin Trudeau. I'm not. But how do you make that connection? Well, you make that connection if you're a simpleton. 
And uh, and again, uh, what happens there somehow tends to bleed up here. And that's an example. And it's those things. As I said to you, if I was in Belleville the other day, I would just, I don't know how I would react. I would, my first move would be to take one of these people aside with a Trump sign and just say, explain yourself. Like, what, what, what is this connection? Like, what is your point here? And, of course, I would be disappointed by the answer because they'd probably be horribly misinformed. But um, that's what scares me about that. No, I get it. And I was just reading the story here on CTV News. Um, he was there to mark the seventh anniversary of some government child care benefit, which is great. What you know, the government does. And, hey, listen, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a fan of. And, and the same things happened to Stephen Harper. And, oh, yeah. And you don't have to be a fan of the politics of the person but there's also respect for the office and i would just like to talk to the guy whose face was three feet from our prime minister screaming you piece of shit arrest this man arrest this man because i guarantee you that guy's a fucking simpleton like arrest him for what? no exactly and and yeah. these are the same people that have put you know they lie these are the same people out in the country that i've seen recently with they lied to us.ca <laughs> shit everywhere and it, I, but but back to the trump thing it's almost like they're they just wish they were americans which is one of the most anti-canadian thing that you can be these days yeah Anyway, yeah, yeah. Why you would have a Trump flag in Belleville at a, a gathering of the prime minister who, who, who was just he was there to do that. He was going to go to a farmer's market and had to cut his visit short because people were <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little surprised they got that close to him, because if you look at the clip that I just played you like he's mm-hmm. he's from me, you know, he's from here to the screen away. Um. Yeah, and again, I would say to those people, again, with the Trump sign, what's it got to do with Canada? And, you know, this was like a day after that a judge in New York State declared, make no bones about it, it is crystal clear, Donald Trump is a convicted, not sexual assaulter, rapist. What he did to that woman has been confirmed, falls in New York State under the description of rape. So he is a he is a convicted rapist now. So on top of everything else that he's done, he is that. And it's it, it's having no impact on his support, his base, his followers, obviously, even here in Canada. And how numb has our society uh, come uh, yeah. come to to him? You know, it's just so much stuff. It's. There's so much stuff. It seems none of it matters now. Well, that's it. That's, is, you know, we. I was going to go into that again. I've lost my energy for all the different Trump stuff and the Target letter and all this other stuff. And if we get some time this week, maybe we'll talk about it. But it's because it's so it's so easily explained away. You know, I was going to play you a clip. Uh, Julie Fleming, who is our main political correspondent, alerted me, and I'd seen it too. The the tr- the, the clip of Mike Pence. None of them can actually say. That Trump caused January 6th, even though at one point, Dana Bash on CNN says, well, what about the fact that some of these people were calling for you to be hanged? And Mike Pence's pushback to that is so fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. I don't have the energy today. <laughs> so. No, no, I'm just he's a disgusting, pathetic little man. That's yeah. what they all are. They're so afraid of Donald Trump. They're so afraid of his base that they're 
they let themselves become that. And, and Freddie, think about it. How dangerous is that for their political system mm-hmm. that those people, other than Chris Christie, yes. are so afraid of this man? They can't. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you and I had been working together and I was your assistant or whatever, your vice, whatever this mm-hmm. is, and your people were trying to kill me. I'd, I'd probably have to, you know, maybe break ranks with you. But the fact yeah. that he won't, yeah. and, and somebody else said this, but I'm just repeating it, makes him unfit to lead. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Why would you want a jellyfish like that as your, as your, uh, as your president? If you can't stand up to a convicted no. rapist who, who yeah. whose people, whose supporters, by the way, then what's going to get Trump? And then I, I don't want to get into the details again. We're not doing it today. But what's going to get him are these false um, ballot, um, whatever they're called. Electors. uh, Electors. That's what's going to finally get him because they're going to be able to prove that he had people falsify these elector ballots. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we'll do that another day, Let's hope something gets him. Uh, Just quickly before we move on, you talked about, you know, the treatment that Justin Trudeau got in you mentioned Stephen Harper as well. There was a company last week called Research Co., a research company, uh, ranked the popula- uh, popularity of Canadian prime ministers, all of them, over history. And who do you think number one was? Say that again. The most popular prime ministers in history. Who was number one? Well, I'm guessing because of the way you're asking it was, uh, is it Stephen Harper? No, he was number two. That was going to be my point. Pierre Trudeau was number one at 20%. Yeah. But a lot of people would be surprised. Stephen Harper came in at number two. And uh, John Cretchen, number three. Uh, Justin Trudeau, number four. Brian Mulrooney, number five, on and on and on. But, you know, as I've, I was a supporter of Stephen Harper, I liked him. And I said he did a lot of good. And he suffered a lot of... You know, he was accused of a lot of things he didn't do. Again, it was misinformation here in Canada. But through this, number two, I know Dan will be surprised by that, but he is. Well, yes, I was surprised. (laughs) Yeah, but Dan. Because there was so much animosity towards him. Sure there was. Right. Right. uh, By the way, organized by you and you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know, I, remember, I told him I, he should have been arrested I remember, remember exactly Remember those fuck Harper signs you used yes, to Yes Dan used to have And remember when he made a fucking uh, bust of uh, Stephen Harper's face in butter And fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright Dan it's time for you Now here's to a fella named Dan Duran A hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang The quintessential anchor man His voice is nice and low Ho Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from uh, Stratford uh, The porch in Stratford Where Dan is uh, currently uh, renewing another domicile. Here's movie actor and TV series anchor, Dan Duran. Microsoft Teams has a a new app. Now, Microsoft Teams, uh, if you're uh, not in the business world, it's kind of like the uh, Microsoft version of Skype or Zoom. And they've uh, added an AI Maybelline app. 
So if you're you're having a meeting with a bunch of other you know business type people, you can use this to uh, you know add makeup in the Maybelline style. Wow! It has uh, add, add twelve make, unique add, add looks. makeup to yourself. Yes. So you don't digitally it digitally adds it onto your face. Oh, I see. So if you didn't have time to you know put makeup on makeup on before the meeting then you uh you know puts whatever lipstick and all the rest of it onto your face through ai and they have 12 unique looks to start off with hmm it's a filter that you can uh, you can add to to teams so you know maybe we should consider moving from because we do this on zoom yes maybe we should move over to teams and we can look a little better i i've been on a i've been on teams before i find it uh it's a little weird you know i i was uh I was talking to our boy Lumbee yesterday in France. Yeah. And uh, when the meeting began, I, I started off with this. Oh, <laughs> oh chapeau. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Lum- at first, Lumbee, it's a, it's a beret. Oh, right, a beret. And at yeah. first, Lumbee didn't really notice it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then when he did, he couldn't stop laughing. Because, you know, it's immature. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For then, those then of I, you listening, yeah. Go ahead to the podcast. Howard has a uh, beret on his head right now. <laughs> virtual, a virtual beret. And then I started doing this, and he's like, "All right, all right." <laughs> and then I do this sometimes. Fun with filters. Mm-hmm. I like this. This is very subtle. This little <laughs> mustache that I have on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now somebody could actually think that's that's real. Hmm. Anyway, I don't, you know, I don't, listen, I don't fool around with this stuff too much, but I, uh, I had to, you know, in a virtual background. Yeah, Inspector Perot or whatever that look is. Yeah. Let me go, uh, how do I go to none? Oh, there we go. Um, Dan, yeah, do you have a second out. story? Because we're going to wrap I, this thing up. All right, just a quick one. Quick second story from Dan Duran. Did you know there was a climate clock? A who? It's, it's a climate clock. A clock yes. that sticks down the climate. It's a 62-foot-long uh, thing lo- looming over uh, New York City's iconic Union Square. And on Saturday, it ticked past a six-year... We have six years to uh, to stop things, to keep it at 1.5 degree. The planet is about 1.1 degrees Celsius hotter than it was before the Industrial Revolution. The 1.5 is the is one of the big... Uh, you know, like you cross that line where you, we, there's no going back. Well, there's, they say that it's uh, six years. In other words, if people keep pumping out the same amount of CO2 pollution over the next five years, we'll no longer be able to limit the change to just 1.5 degree of warming. So, just so you know. Yeah. And that's, is that in Times Square, did you say? New York City? Union Square. Oh, Union Square? Yeah. I wonder if you could see that from the Fox uh, News studios because they refer, you know, to anyone that's concerned about the climate as climate crazies. Yeah. They are. Cli- we're all climate crazies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all climate crazies. Meanwhile, these guys are also debating if there's steak in fucking heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's. They're actually. They're actually people out there that will have that conversation, but don't want to hear about you know record fucking rainfall in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that in some parts of the states it's been over a hundred degrees for thirty days and people's eyelids are melting off their faces. But we're climate crazies. Yeah, Nova Scotia, where where they had forest fires a little while ago, yeah. and there was the, the big hurricane uh, a couple of years ago. It's just crazy. That, Dan, you'll appreciate you know, this as an ex uh, ex um, weather forecaster that apparently the El Nino, we're going to have an El Nino year coming up this uh, 
yeah. this year. And, and it's going to be warm and wet and dry everywhere, except here it's, an, it's, it's the polar fucking uh, vortex again. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I might have to think about getting away for the winter. <laughs> I'm, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we have winter, we should have winter. Yeah, we're not having winter. Yeah, I do. I've decided. I said that to somebody this week, and I said I'm done with winter. This is the end of well, my winter life. Well, did we talk about it uh, last week or the week before that the actual mean temperature of the Earth, all the temperatures combined around the globe, had set a record? It was something like mm-hmm. uh, oh, right, yeah, sixteen point yeah. eight degrees Celsius on Earth collectively if i'm explaining this properly and it was higher than it's ever been before i mean you can't you can't laugh at that stuff i mean you, you can't ignore that no you just can't what song is that song that goes fire dun, 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 i wish you would burn what is that song because i can't find it yeah it's called fire isn't it i think it i'm by um uh yeah it's a uh, Fire, burn, burn, burn. I think it would burn. No, I don't know. I'll find it for tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary stuff. Okay. And again, when I hear these, again, people refer to climate crazies or discount climate change. It's do you not have children? Do you not have grandchildren? Do you, do you not want to just err on the side of safety, you dumb fucking idiots? But Well, that's what I've been saying for years now. It's yeah. like, okay, well, okay so there, if, if there's no climate change and we're wrong, okay, fine. But if you're wrong, then we're fucked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do we have any more uh, people to uh, acknowledge, mister? Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, you've thought of a uh, benefits package, take the time to go to chamberplan.ca and find out all about it. Uh, There's a badge there. You can click on it, get a free quote, and uh, just learn uh, about what they have to offer for your small business. Uh, You know, it is affordable. I mean, it's designed that way for small businesses. So, uh, again, check it out. Uh, Very progressive. They're staying ahead of the curve. They've just introduced several mental health aspects of of coverage, and uh, it's fantastic. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Hey, Dan, I was at uh, Mission Impossible. It's fucking outstanding. So all the uh, the hype is worth it then? Absolutely worth it. And the uh, motorcycle jump, absolutely yeah. the most incredible thing. And, and go, go and look, up, look this up because he actually did it. But it's an incredible stunt. And uh, as I said to Fred, this uh, Tom Cruise fellow, he does a nice movie. The reason I brought it up again is because there was a preview for a movie coming out in 2024 that looks excellent. It's the uh, Bob Marley story. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah, dude, you oh. love it. That sounds good. Uh, before we say goodbye, uh, thanks to our friends at Palma Pasta who bring us the uh, emails and the email show. Over 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. Four locations, uh, one in Oakville, three Mississauga, and uh, their signature store, which we all love, Palma's Kitchen. Go check it out yourself. At, Did you uh, see the Barbie show? Pardon me, sir? Did you go see Barbie? No, I saw Mission Impossible. Oh. Um, we had talked about Barbie. It uh, opened up with uh, huge numbers, $155 million. Yeah. 
No, we did that whole bit while you were making breakfast for oh, your really? girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, talked I about Barbie. About I wanted, actually, I wanted to go see Oppenheimer, uh, but I couldn't get in. Dan, we also talked about Walter dying on the beach after singing I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And, <laughs> and then Fred was telling me, because, you know, it was like the whole premise is that Walter died basically doing what he loved. And I right. said, I'm just worried that that's going to happen to me and my kids are going to find me. And it was a jerk off joke, Dan. <laughs> Okay, it's a recap. Good. Just a recap. You all the cool. This is what you missed, Dan. This is what you. <laughs> That's missed. what we should do. We should do that every day. What you missed, Dan, while you were away. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for uh, your attention. And uh, Julie, uh, welcome to uh, Humble and Fredland. It's just like it used to be, except now it features cussing. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Thursday email show coming up, so Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Tell us what you think. Also, like, subscribe, that all helps us out. Maybe write a review, say something nice about us. All right, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, as Howard says, we're all fucked, so enjoy every goddamn day. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?